Hey guys, it's Ben. And Sykes here. And we're going to talk about the off-seasons for the Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors, and Chicago Bulls. So starting with the Sixers, I'm just going to run down with all everything they did this offseason, and then you can tell me where you want to start, okay? So Perfect. they started by trading uh, number 20, the 23rd overall pick in Danny Green for DeAnthony Melton. And then James Harden declined his player option of $47 million and then signed a two-year $68 million contract extension with the Philadelphia 76ers. Then they also agreed to terms with Daniel House on a two-year, $8.5 million deal. And then P.J. Tucker on a three-year, $33 million deal. So where do you want to start with the 76ers? Well, I think we start with their two biggest additions in D'Anthony Milton and P.J. Tucker. Oh, um, I disagree. I think Daniel House is a huge addition for the Sixers. But you think he's a bigger addition than P.J. Tucker or D'Anthony Melton? I think he might end up being a bigger addition than D'Anthony Melton. I, I don't think he will. I think P.J. Tucker is, def, is definitely their best move of the offseason. But I think Daniel House is uh, – I, I think he's going to be good for them. Wait, okay, what is, what is he going to do for them that no one else he, has already done? He's a wing-sized guy that can defend his position, and I think that has value in this league, especially playing in the East with the dominant wings and Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those type of guys. I think he's probably going to have a bigger impact come playoff time than than D'Anthony Melton will. Okay, well, I think D'Anthony <laughs> Melton, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to like come off the bench I know last, last season he averaged, what, 11 with the Grizzlies? He can come off the bench and gave you a, a spark that I think, no offense to Daniel House, I'm sure he's a great guy, but <laughs> I, just, I don't see him doing giving an offensive spark like D'Anthony Melton. I mean, I think D'Anthony Melton's a fine player. I don't mean to, you know, talk bad on D'Anthony Melton. I'm sure he's a great guy. But I truly believe that Daniel House may have been one of the steals of the offseason when we come to the playoffs. Okay. Well, I, I think, I think we kind of hone in on PJ Tucker here and speak yeah, on I, his impact. I would say that's, the, that's that is, the big one here. That is probably their one of their two biggest moves of the off season is stealing PJ Tucker away from the rival Miami heat. And I, I think this is, was one of the best moves of the off season personally. I mean, yeah, I mean, even though this guy's not going to put up, like, you know, stuff the box score completely, he, he can lock down a team's best wing player. We saw what he did against Kevin Durant two years ago in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals when he was on the Bucks. Um, we saw what he did last year in the Eastern Conference finals against Tatum. So I'm just, you know, I don't think he's going to be, like, a great regular season type guy. But come playoff time? He may be locking up your favorite player. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's why that's it's this isn't a regular season team anymore. This is a team that they're trying to compete. They're trying to win a championship. They know their window with James Harden and Joel Embiid is right now, and I think they're going to go 
as much as they can all in on getting that championship this year. Yeah, and that, and that leads me to talk about something. Um, <laughs> I don't think this team has a shot at winning the championship. Really? At all. I don't think they at have all. any chance. And here's why. why. Okay. <laughs> here's the main reason why. Okay. When was the last when was the last team that was built around one center? When did they win the championship? Do you know when? Um, In other words, I'll... let me rephrase this. Let me rephrase this. When was the last championship team where a center was the best player? Um was it one of the Shaq, Shaq and Kobe teams? It was 95-96 with the Kimelage one in the Rockets. Okay. Yeah. In 25 plus years. Centers are no longer a big thing in the NBA. I know like people are gonna say, oh, Jokic and Embiid. Look at the playoff success those teams have had. They haven't had any. I mean, I I I don't think the I, I don't see the big man as being like you know just if you have a good big guy you can't win a championship you know I think I I think the East is going to be fairly good I think it's pretty top heavy with the Bucks and the Celtics and I just don't think just because of that that they'll be able to compete and I mean more more than anything. Is this team going to even be healthy come playoff time? You got freaking hamstring. You got hamstring Harden and Joel Embiid. Joel, yeah, Joel Embiid is a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, just just gonna say it straight up. He's a bitch. Okay, I mean, yeah. If it's not his broken face, it's something with his knee or something with his ankle. I I agree. I don't think this team has i'm i'm not saying it's like a no they have no chance i would say they probably are my maybe fourth team in the east that could like have a chance third or fourth i or or met fourth or fifth you know i think the bucks celtics and heat are probably ahead of them i mean who the fuck knows what's going on with the nets and then the Raptors. question mark but we'll get on that next episode (laughs) <laughs> I mean the Raptors, maybe. I mean, who knows? It's really a, it's really a who's knows with the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, exactly. And and my main thing is, you know, sure on paper, I guess they had a passable off season thus far, but did they do enough to rise them over the top? Did they do enough to finally reach the Eastern Conference Finals and? maybe the NBA finals. And I don't, I don't think they did. I don't think PJ Tucker is going to lift them over that hump. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they were missing a PJ Tucker last year, but I mean, every team could use a PJ Tucker. And I mean, I guess, I guess when you kind of look at it, they're kind of getting the band back together. I mean, from Houston, you know, Daryl Morey now with the Sixers, former, former GM for the Rockets, you know, they had James Harden, PJ Tucker, Daniel house was there. I mean, they're kind of getting the band back together, seeing if they can run it back in Philly. And I, I don't think it's going to work this time either. I I don't think it will. And their window is closing with Embiid. Who knows how much longer he can go. He's a, he's a big guy. He's injury prone. James Harden obviously doesn't have a lot of time. So their future is pretty much up in the air. But I think it's a good time to move on to the uh, the fifth seed Toronto Raptors. Yeah. 
Wait, well, hold on, hold on. What, 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 how would you grade the Sixers offseason? How do you think they did? You know, with the, I think your two main moves, you're getting Harden back on a little bit of a discount, and then you're getting P.J. Tucker. And then I think Daniel House is a phenomenal piece of business by Daryl Morey there. But what, what grade would you give the Philadelphia 76ers? I'm, I'm in between a B minus and a C plus. Wow. But I'm going to, I'll be nice. I'll give them a B minus. Like I said, you know, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Anthony Melton, all good players, all going to contribute. But this is a team that wants to win now. They need to win now. The window is closing. And they didn't do enough to push them over the hump to win right now. What about you? Uh, I, I'm going to give them a B plus. I thought, you know, I thought Daniel House, as I've mentioned before, was a phenomenal contract. I Even though... I didn't think it was like one of their best moves. I thought getting DeAnthony Melton, I thought that was a great move. I think he's a, I think he's a really fine player. I think he'll fit in really well with this team. And then, I mean, PJ Tucker, you can't go wrong with PJ Tucker. I love the PJ Tucker move. I mean, I think they just made a lot of good moves, but I, I agree. I don't think it's good enough to get them into championship contention, but I still think they made a lot of really good moves. Yeah, well, their future's up in the air. You never know with the NBA. On to the Toronto Raptors, who got bounced in five games against the Sixers. Uh, they, they they didn't really make any huge splashes. Um, but I'll, I'll go over what they did do. So they drafted Christian Coloco with pick 33. They signed Thaddeus Young to a two-year $16 million extension. They signed Otto Porter, you know, big part of that Warriors championship team, to a two-year $12.3 million contract. They signed Chris Boucher to a three-year $35 million extension. They signed DJ Wilson to a two-year $4.5 million extension. And that's, that's going to do it for them. So I'll let you start this time. What jumps out at you? I mean, I – what jumps out at me more than anything is just the the way that they constructed this roster. They got yeah. a lot. They got a lot of wing players, which you know I I would. It's always a good thing to have more wings than not. But I mean, who's the backup point guard on this team? Malachi Flynn, D- Delano Banton. I mean, they got they got so many just big like forward type guys that I mean is Fred Van Vliet gonna play like 42 minutes in the regular season I I, I don't know probably he did that last season <laughs> yeah I know I know he's gonna I know I already know he's gonna play like 46 minutes in the playoffs but like I just I mean the Raptors they find a way to do it like I mean I I'm just confused at the roster makeup but they the Raptors are one of the smartest teams in the NBA so I I don't doubt what they're doing yeah, I agree. And, you know, what jumps out at me when looking at, you know, this complete roster is that this team doesn't have a superstar. No right. disrespect to Van Vliet, Scotty, or Pascal. They're all, I think, you know, maybe a tier below all-star caliber players. Maybe Pascal's an all-star. But none of these guys, I think, are good enough to be the best player on a championship team. I agree, and which I'm I'm actually now now we're gonna you know shift a little bit. So 
if you were the GM of the Raptors, would uh, and uh, he calls you, and I, I'm I'm the GM for the Jazz, and I call you and say, hey, what what would you give me for Donovan Mitchell? What, what's your answer? Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, because I mean, this team could clearly use another guard, you know, to take some yeah, of the pressure I mean, off they, Fred VanVleet. I, I, what, what, I mean, what would you be willing to give me for Donovan Mitchell? I think, I think we throw, hmm. I think I would give up Scotty. Really? You'd give up Scotty Barnes for Donovan Mitchell? Yes. Scotty Barnes for Donovan Mitchell. Scotty and Gary Trent. Scotty and Gary Trent. As yeah. GM of the Jazz, I am saying uh, that, that's a done deal. I would love Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent for Donovan Mitchell. I and, and as, I don't think as GM of the Toronto Raptors, I say I just fleeced you so hard because you got <laughs> one of the best scores in the NBA for you know Gary Trent. He, he's all right. Let's be honest. I mean, he's I whatever. Think Gary Trent's but, a fine player. I really do. I really like Gary Trent actually. And I think I think I mean Scotty Barnes is he's good. He's a good he's a good player. I mean, rookie of the year. You you, you know the resume. He's long, lengthy. He's a guy who has some play. Oh, he's so chops. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, he's really good. I I would say I would agree. I would love I would love to get Scotty Barnes, but I don't think that the Raptors are gonna be willing to give up Scotty Barnes in any trade outside of maybe a Kevin Durant trade. Ooh, which, which is kind of, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about Kevin Durant trades, but I, 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 I mean, know he's, he's listed, the biggest, he's the biggest domino that's left to fall in the NBA this offseason. Will there be a Kevin Durant? Will there not be? And I think it's great to speculate on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know he came out with his two preferred teams and what they were the heat and the suns, right? Yeah, but has that stopped the Raptors from going out and getting no. Kawhi Leonard? No, and I think nope. I think Kevin Durant would make a great fit. Um, would you give up? Would you give up Scotty and Gary Trent for Kevin Durant? Oh yeah, I okay, would definitely go up Scotty and Kevin. But I think the Nets would want more. I think I think a Kevin Durant to Toronto trade would look something like Scotty Barnes. Maybe one of OG and Anobi or Pascal Siakam, and then maybe Gary Trent and picks. Wow! So you put Pascal in here? Pascal I, I and Scotty? I yeah. I I mean, have you have you heard about what the Nets want for Kevin Durant? And when Kevin Durant is they right, want a King's ransom. Yeah, they do. And when he when Kevin Durant is right, he's the second best player in the NBA. Okay, yeah, I I, I do agree with that. But I think giving up Pascal and Scotty Barnes, you're pretty much just throwing your future away in hopes of you know a one to three year championship window where you know the Bucks and Celtics are the best two teams in the East. Once again, has that ever stopped the Raptors before when they went out and acquired Kawhi Leonard? No, exactly. but I think, I think Kawhi Leonard's a much better player than Kevin Durant. 
But I think they, I think the Raptors have actually, this is where I think they've done a nice job. If they do try and make a move for one of Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant, they have the guys, they signed that young, they have Otto Porter. Chris Boucher is, he's a solid guy. DJ Wilson, you know, he's not much of anything, but he's had a good summer league. I mean, I, I just oh, think don't, that, don't throw DJ Wilson out here. No, I, I just think that what the Raptors have done this offseason in filling out the back half of their roster, I think it has really set them up well. If they really want to try out and go get a Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant, I think they have the pieces to do it. And then they have the depth that they're not going to be toast when if they have to gut their roster for Kevin Durant. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think that's a very interesting landing spot. I think with Kevin Durant I, on the Raptors, the Celtics or Bucks still take care of them pretty easily. Maybe really? instead of a sweep, it's a gentleman's sweep now. I, I think it, I really think it depends on how much they, I mean, say they'd only have to give up two of the three of OG, Scotty, and Pascal, and they still have one of those guys, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, and Kevin Durant with Preston Shachua, Chris Boucher. I I I think that could easily give you a dude, top three team. Dude, if Kevin Durant can't win a championship with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, why would he win with no offense, shitty Fred Van Vliet, shitty OG Ananobi? How could he win with them? Because Fred or uh, Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Steve Nash doesn't know what the hell he's doing over there in Brooklyn. They were, they were just hoping that they could run out guys and their talent would take over, and they couldn't. And not in the playoffs, they, that doesn't happen. You've got to have a good coach. And Nick Nurse, I believe, is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's done it before. He's won a championship before. I think that the Raptors are right there with the Bucks, right there with the Celtics, in terms of getting a championship if they get Kevin Durant. If they Get Kevin Durant. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's... If, if there's no Kevin Durant, then I, I don't see the upside for this team winning a championship. But if they get Kevin so, Durant. So yeah, that, that's going to be a long stretch. So throwing this whole Kevin Durant debacle out of the window, where, where do you see this team realistically finishing the East and this bloodbath of an East? I could see them as high as a three seed or as low as like a six seed. Wow. I think the East is going to be pretty top-heavy with the Bucs and the Celtics. I, I feel like one of those teams, two teams, have pretty good shot of being one and two in some order, unless injuries, you know, injuries. And then I think they I think they could be better than the Heat, and they could be better than the Sixers. Okay, well, uh, you know, just, just to throw my opinion out there, I think this team's a play-in team next year. You think they're a play-in team? Yes. Oh my gosh, go? that is the worst. Oh, that is awful. How could you think that this team is loaded? Well, you know, we're by the campfire. I'm just trying to get a little hotter right now. <laughs> trying to bring in a little. But, okay, oh, listen, is... listen, listen. So obviously, I think as you as you said, right now on paper, the Bucks and Celtics are both better than the Raptors, right? Yes. Then we have the Heat. I think they, they finish third or fourth. 76ers, third or fourth. I, okay. And then, you know, the Nets are 
a big question the, mark the right Nets now. The Nets could but... be totally gutted. The Nets could be the worst team in the East by the end of the offseason. But right now, I'm saying right now on paper, the Nets are better than the Raptors. Yeah. The Nets five. Okay. And I think that bad man, Trey Young in Atlanta, leads the yeah. Hogs to a six seed. Okay. I can get behind that. They, they're improved. That but leaves, I still don't think they're better the than Raptors. the Raptors. I don't think the Hawks are better than the Raptors. I don't think the Nets, even with KD and Kyrie, are better than the Raptors. Really? Yeah. Really? You're ju- think... you're pulling you're pulling my leg, right? No, I think you don't. I, you, dude, you don't think the Nets with KD and Kyrie, two of the best scorers to the, ever the do Nets, it, the Nets are better have nothing than the else. Nothing else outside of KD and Kyrie. Who? Who? Dude, look at the, dude. Look at this Raptors. Look at this Raptors. Roster. OG. Okay, OG is like he's the best three and D player in the NBA. Uh Siakam. No, no Mikael Bridges is. Mikael Bridges is. Fine. Okay, you know, fine. I can get behind that. But OG's definitely top three three and D guys in the NBA. I mean, I think Fred Van Vliet. He's a really solid defender, good shooter. I mean, I think Pascal. He showed a lot of playmaking chops last year. I think he was he was much improved from uh, the year before. And then Scotty Barnes, the rookie of the year, he's only going to get better. He's like 21, maybe. I don't. Even, I mean, he's a young guy. Precious Achua was good last year, especially in the playoffs. I mean, I just don't see any way this team gets below a 60, especially with having Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the NBA. I, I, you know, I we can cover this later episode, and this is a team I completely forgot about, but watch out for those guys in Detroit. You think that if you think the Pistons are going to be better than the Raptors, then you are on one, bro. That is the, that's an awful take. I mean, look, Cade Cunningham, okay. what, second or third in Rookie Cunningham. of the Year voting? I think he's better than Scotty Barnes. No offense. I think he's better than Scotty Barnes. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think Cade probably is better than Scotty Barnes in the long run. But when you look at the team Scotty has around him and you look at the team Cade has around him, you're really, you're really going to sit here and try and convince me that the Pistons have even a chance of finishing above the Raptors? Yes, because you look at oh Jaden Ivey, too. You have Jaden Ivey, too. This guy is my rookie I mean, of the year favorite. He's a rookie, bro. Rookies are usually never that good. Really? It explain Zion rookie year, then. Zion LeBron rookie, rookie year. Come on, man. Okay. LeBron rookie Zion year. is a generational talent. You're saying Jaden Ivey is some generational talent that's a can't-miss player? I think he is. <laughs> oh, you, know my. you know what? Let's, let's toss this out the window right now. Let's save this for, I believe, it'll be episode five when we cover the Pistons and all the bottom, bottom feeders of the East. Okay. But right that's, now, that's I, I'm just I'm finalizing my take that these Toronto Raptors are playing team. Okay. Well, we, we can revisit this come play in time and we'll see just how wrong you are. So give, give me a grade for the Raptors offseason. How do you think they did? Uh, a lot of these guys are good players. Um, I don't think they added enough to become a championship team, but I don't think they need to win a championship right now. So with what they brought in, I'm going to give them a B. A B. All right. I like I'll... I like I like extending Chris Boucher. Okay. I like signing Otto Porter. We saw what he did in the finals and through the playoffs last year. He's a he's a good player. 
Yeah. I like Thad Young. Uh, yep. We'll see how this Coloco kid turns out. I'll give him a B. Um, I'm going to go ahead and right now I'll give them a B minus. I think if they can just find a way to get another guard in, because I, I mean, you can't, Fred VanVleet, last year he had knee problems like halfway through the year because they were just throwing him out there for 40 minutes a game in the regular season. But yeah, 40 minutes in the playoffs, that, I think that should be his minimum. But I'm going to give them a B minus right now. If they can go out and get another guard that, you know, gives me some hope for this, you know, backcourt rotation then I can probably bump this up to a B or a B plus, despite how much I love this team and how well I think they're going to do next year. All right. Shall we move on to the, uh, the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, let's talk Chicago Bulls. All right. Perfect. So I'm just going to kind of run over again, run over their offseason additions, and then you can provide your input. Okay. Um, so in the first round at pick 18, they drafted uh, – Dalen Terry, guard out of Arizona. Then they went ahead and uh, signed Goran Dragic to a one-year, $3 million deal. They extended Derek Jones with a player option on his last year for two years, $6.5 million. They signed Andre Drummond to a two-year, $6.5 million deal. And the biggest news of their offseason, they gave Zach Levine the MAC extension, five years, 215 mil to provide your input on what they did. I think we have to start Zach Levine here. Um, yeah, I, agree. I know when they signed Zach Levine after he got traded from Minnesota quite a few years ago, there was a lot of skepticism about whether he was good enough to be a max player, which that's what the Bulls gave him. And they gave him another max here this time, five years for over $200 million. And I Still am skeptical if he's worth that money. I am too. I look, he's a he's a good player, great scorer. Can't really play defense that well. Um, and I think there's better scorers out there. I think that the Bulls kind of had to realize that uh, they weren't sure if they can get anyone better than Zach Levine, so they kind of have just had to spend it on someone, you know, and take care of one of their own. I'm just not sure come three years from now if this is going to be a good contract for them. Why, why do you say that? Uh, he's going to be older. He is a guy that kind of relies on his athleticism. I, I'm just not sure that Zach Levine is going to be worth $215 million three years from now. Yeah. So I guess looking into next season, not three years from now, who do you think the number one guy on this team is? Is it Levine or is it DeRozan? Three years from now? No, no, next season. Oh, next season. I mean, yeah. for I, I'm not going to call DeMar DeRozan's season a fluke or anything, but I don't expect DeMar to repeat what he did last year. I, I Frankly, don't either. He fell I'm off not after sure. the first half. I don't even think he's going to get close to repeating what he did last year. I, I agree. I think that, I mean, what the Bucks did in the first round in neutralizing him, I think there's not that. I mean, Demar's a crafty veteran. I'm sure he'll figure it out. He's a he's a phenomenal basketball player, but I think that the NBA will kind of catch on. To, yeah, don't let Demar go right type deal. So, 
Yeah, uh, and, and going back to that Buck series, I, I I tuned into a few of the games, a few of them I had to miss, but the ones I did watch, it was pretty much Zach, Demar, and Vucevic just playing like iso ball the entire time. It looked like an LA Fitness pickup game almost. <laughs> like these guys were chucking up twenty bricks a piece. I. I agree the Bulls did not look great last year, but I think that has to do in part of not having Lonzo Ball because he he's their point guard. He makes it all go. Lonzo, I think they really miss Lonzo. Lonzo was shooting like 40% from three last year before he was out. And someone with his – I mean, he is in that starting lineup. He was the only capable defender. Yeah. I mean, there's really only there's only two capable defenders on this team, him and Caruso. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think this team, what they did this off season, it just seems like they know their ceiling. They know that they're not going to do much better than bottom seed in the playoffs. Yeah, and especially when you look at how this team's built. Obviously, you do have a lot of scoring with DeMar. Um, DeMar and Zach right there. And Vooch, very good offensive center. But who's who's protecting the rim? I mean, you have no one. You no have one. Vooch, who's probably the worst defensive center in the NBA, if not one of the worst. One of I mean, the worst, the, I would agree. Dude, dude is a statue. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. I mean, and you then, saw him try to guard Giannis in the first round. Not that I'm saying, I mean... I mean, no Giannis. one can guard Giannis. Exactly, on. but, but I he's mean, not really I mean, that, this team didn't stand a chance. Yeah. And then I, I guess their backup center is going to be Andre Drummond now. Oh, God. I mean, I, I don't mean, know, man. He's he's a good backup. I I really – getting rebounds. He, he's just as bad as a defender, though. I really, really liked Rudy Gobert for this team before he went to Minnesota. I think that – he really could have made this defense go if there was Rudy Gobert here. I mean, yeah, dare I say, if they didn't give up too much to get Gobert, this could have been, a, you know, a, one of the favorites to come out of the East. Yeah. I, a, a real I, glue there. I agree. I think, I mean, just, you know, based on what we've seen Gobert do for the defense in Utah over the last few years, and I think he's going to have that same effect in Minnesota. I think he's going to turn them into at least a passable defense. And with the offensive talent that the Chicago Bulls have with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, if they could have just had a passable defense, I think they would have, they could have made some noise, but they're, they're not, they're not going to have a passable defense. You can't have a good defense when the linchpin of your defense is supposed to be your center and your center can't fucking guard anyone. Wait, he's he's slower than anything. He's slower than a freaking sloth. Let's put it that way. But I agree. But what you but touching back on that Gobert point, I just want to draw a comparison between you know what this team could have been and what the Jazz were two years ago when they had that one seed. Mm -hmm. We we look at you know obviously both teams theoretically would have Gobert gluing the paint, protecting every shot in the paint. Right. And then I see I see Zach Levine, and I see Donovan Mitchell is very similar 
players. Yeah. They're both guards. So yep. Both give you 25 yeah. a game very easily, both very yep. athletic. I defensive agree. weakness. But the Jazz didn't have DeMar DeRozan or Alonzo Ball two years exactly. ago. Exactly. So yeah. what, what could this Bulls team have been if you're going after Rudy Gobert? I agree. Okay, now it's, it's time for everyone's favorite part. Kevin Durant. Right now, the Chicago Bulls are my favorite to land Kevin Durant. The Chicago Bulls? The Chicago Bulls are the team, like, I think. Like, 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 we're talking, like, the team that MJ won six rings on? The, yeah, that, yep. those Chicago, the Chicago Bulls. Bulls. I think that if I had to choose one place I think Kevin Durant's going, I think it's the Chicago Bulls. Here, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need an explanation. <laughs> okay, I know, I know he never listed Chicago as one of his preferred spots, but in his free agency – when he was leaving Golden State before he chose Brooklyn, Chicago was in the running. I mean, they they had they had a seat at the table at the Kevin Durant table when he was leaving Golden State. And when you look at what Chicago can offer him, or what Chicago can offer Brooklyn, I mean, I think it would probably be something centered around Zach Levine, Kobe White, Daylon Terry, the 18th overall pick, uh, probably Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams. Probably picks, and I think if you're GM Sean Marks in Brooklyn, I think you pick up the phone if that's what the Chicago Bulls are going to offer you. No, <laughs> no, I. I if, why? If, what's if, wrong with that? What's if, wrong with that? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not picking up the phone. No offense for Zach Levine, dude. For that's it, Zach Levine and a bunch of bums. No, why would oh, I ever no, do no. that? I disagree. I, I think they're actually not bums. I I think I think Patrick Williams, I think he can be a fine player. And I think maybe maybe you do have to go one of Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, or DeMar DeRozan. And hey, I'm not sure if that's what Brooklyn wants. I know they're kind of going in a different direction, but if you can get a third team in, that would perhaps open the idea of a DeMar DeRozan or Nikola Vucevic and give the Brooklyn Nets more draft picks. I think that this team has sneaky potential to uh, make a move for Kevin Durant. So you're saying, I mean, obviously anything's possible, but it's not probable. Like, let's be, this isn't going to happen. I, I'm not sure if there's any Kevin Durant. I mean, different, obviously. I, I don't know if there's any Kevin Durant trade that's probable, but I think this one has a damn good shot. This Chicago team is, I I know I say this about every team, but this team is actually like, if they could get Kevin Durant and keep one of Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, instant favorites. Instant favorites. Instant favorites to come out of the East. East. You, You think that a team with Kevin Durant and DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine, one of those guys, you think it's better than a team of Kevin Durant, Fred Van Vliet, and one of OG Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam? Yes, I do. You you really think better than those boys in Toronto would be if they had oh, Kevin Durant? Man, are we really going back to the Raptors? Okay, let's do no, this. No, let's you're do right. This. You're right. Let's do this. No, we've let's talked do, enough let's about the Raptors. 
Yes, I think Demore. He's one of the greatest scorers. I mean, I've seen greatest scores you've seen. Then you must not have watched a lot of basketball. He's good. He's a good scorer, but he is. He's deadly. He's probably the second best mid-range scorer in the NBA, I would say. But I mean, behind Kevin Durant. Yeah, behind Kevin Durant. But mid-range is like you don't need mid-range anymore. So what, what value is he really providing? You don't need mid-range. Are you serious? Are you? I would much rather have a three-pointer or a layup or a free throw. I, I, if I were the coach of an NBA team. I would strongly discourage my players against taking mid-range shots. Yeah, but you got you got to think when you when you reach the playoffs because everything important is the playoffs. Teams yeah. are going to guard the perimeter, the three-point line, and the rim a lot heavier than they would, you know, the elbows or different mid-range spots. So if you can have a player with deadly mid-range, how'd that work out for Kevin Durant last year? How'd that work out for Kevin Durant last year? Last time I checked, the Chicago Bulls lost in five games and the Nets got swept in the first round. How did that work out for the two deadliest mid-range shooters in the NBA? Are you sure mid-range is that important? I'm positive mid-range is that important. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're just just throwing garbage out there, dude. I'm not throwing garbage. Those two combined won one game in the playoffs last year. Those two two prolific mid-range scorers. Well, of course, the Bulls, they didn't have any defense last year. Same thing with the Nets. If you really want reasons, those are the reasons those two teams got bounced. Well, maybe the reasons is they didn't score enough for mid-range. If, if who didn't score enough for mid-range? I guess DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Durant, because I guess that's what wins playoff games. That's what you're saying. No, their defenses were atrocious. That's the reason right there. Atrocious defenses. Yeah, maybe. But Looking at it, know. if you have a good defense paired with good perimeter shooting, obviously good finishing inside, and then you have a deadly mid-range shooter, someone like Devin Booker, someone like Demar. You just you just described basketball. You just described all three levels. Of, so if you can score and play defense, you're going to win games. Thank you. I mean, come on. I'm saying, if you have a deadly mid-range shooter, that puts you over the edge. How'd the Phoenix Suns work out? Devin Booker, Delhi mid-range shooter. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, but the, the, the Phoenix mid- Suns demise was uh, Chris Paul. Who won that the NBA championship? Still... Golden State Warriors. The two, the team with the two greatest three-point shooters of all time. That team. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan Poole, a rising star. Yeah. Who made it? The Celtics, a team with Jason Tatum, who's who has a point shooter, phenomenal mid-range. Uh, I I don't associate Jason Tatum with the mid-range shot. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, I think you're wrong there then, but, you know, it's fine. I, all, all I'm saying, man, is I don't, I don't think mid-range is more important than three-point shooting nowadays, but going back to what you said. So I, you don't I, think it's more important? Than three-point shooting? No. Okay, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I but going back to what going back to what you said, I don't think it's something you completely throw out of the window. I don't think it's something you throw away late game, because when you have, you know, when you have teams completely bombarding you in in the in the paint, trying to you know protect the rim, 
or completely bombarding you outside on the perimeter trying to protect the three-point line, you're going to have to resort to, you know, places in between. And that's where you get a player with a deadly mid-range, it's over. They get takeover, they get shot creating takeover, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I mean, I just, I mean, who was the deadly mid-range shooter for the Golden State Warriors this year? I'm not saying every team has to have one. I'm saying if you well, do, I, have I mean, one, clearly, if you're, you make it sound like it's uh, important to have for a championship-winning team, and I believe I, the last team that just won the championship, who was the dead? I mean, I guess you can make that argument. Chris Middleton's a great mid-range shooter, and for the last Bucks team that won, and then I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi, great mid-range shooter. Okay, who? What about for the Lakers in the bubble? The bubble Lakers. We're not counting the bubble. We know that doesn't count. We know that doesn't count. All right. All right. All right. Back back, back to the Bulls. Going back to your Warriors take, not every team has the two greatest shooters of all time. So, you know I, what I mean? So, I, not every, so not every team has to, has to stray away from the mid-range because they have the two greatest shooters of all time, the three-point shooters of all time. So why not go out and get the greatest three-point shooters of all time? Then, why? I mean, why try and swing for the fences? You know, why? Why? Why just go with these mid-range guys? Because you're gonna have to literally give up both of your kidneys, both your lungs, and your heart to get Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So that's not happening. But you can go out there and get a Kevin Durant, who's a pretty, gosh darn good, uh, you know, second second prize mid-range. You know? I mean, if you if you want DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Durant clogging up the mid-range, but that's not what I see this team as. I see this team as, you know, Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the NBA, giving DeMar room, you know, just adding another level to the Chicago team. Because this team, this team, look at this, look at this team on roster. They tell me this is a team that can go out there and win a championship this year. What, what, the current team right now? The current Chicago Bulls. Oh, hell no. Exactly. No shot. Exactly. No. So give me Kevin Durant on the team, and now we're having a conversation. Fact, I'm 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 cashing out right now. I'm putting twenty grand on this team to not win the championship. Not make the. I'm okay, that not, confident. I this I, is not a championship team. Come on, it's it's not. I mean, it's not. But I think we're having a different conversation. If Kevin Durant were to stroll up to the United Center. Yeah, the odds of that happening are very slim, though. So let's not let's not get too carried away here. Yeah, you know, I I think that they have a pretty good shot. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone has a great shot. I could see. I wouldn't give them over a ten percent chance of getting them, but I wouldn't give any other team over a ten percent chance either. But I think it makes sense. I really do. Okay. Well, again. Many things we're going to have to see where, you know, Kevin Durant ends up because that's going to completely change the NBA. Um, yeah. In terms of what they actually did do on paper, though, what grade do you give them? I mean, uh, I can't speak for I, – I don't know a ton about Dalen Terry, so I can't speak much about him. Goran Dragic, I mean, it's kind of a whatever signing. Derek Jones Jr., I think he's a fine player. Andre Drummond, I mean, he's a good backup. Maybe, and then Zach Levine to the max. I think that could look bad in three or four years. I mean, he's. I think Zach Levine's maybe in a knee, another knee injury away. 
from just being a really bad contract for them. So, I mean, with all that being said, I, I mean, B minus maybe. I mean, they just did they, they didn't get better, you know. And I'm not. Yeah. I, once again, I'm not sure they got worse. Kind of like what the like what I said about the Bucks. Not sure how much better they got, but I'm not also sure how much worse they got. But this team lost in five to the Bucks, and I'm just not sure they did enough to even get over the hump of making it out of the first round next year. Yeah. If they want to rely on Lonzo Ball to come back and give them something, sure, but I, I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's going to give them enough to get past the, past the first round. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to give this, this, this offseason a C minus. C minus. And the reasoning, C minus. And the reasoning yeah. for this is because of how much I hate the Sack Levine contract. Really? Yeah. Doing the math, what what was it? Two fifteen or five for two fifteen? Sorry, yep. forty three million a year. Yeah, Zach Levine isn't worth forty three million dollars a year. Look, look me, look me straight in the eyes and tell me Zach Levine is worth forty three million a year. I, I I can't do that. I have you can't to, do I that. Don't, I don't I don't think he is either. But I mean, what other choice did they have? Either sign him or lose him for nothing. Maybe rebuild again. Because Re- rebuild again, they just got done rebuilding. You know, the fans in Chicago, they they you know they saw the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how many years. They can't rebuild after just they're not, one and year. I'm telling you right now, what I'm telling you right now, they're not going to see the playoffs again next year. You don't think they're making the playoffs next I think, year? I think this is a this is a nine or ten seed, maybe an eight seed, but I think they get bounced in the play in tournament. I could uh, see them being thing. in the play in and I could see them losing in the play in. Same thing I went over with with Raptors. I, I think automatically we have the Bucks. What why are you shaking your head? <laughs> it was just, you know, I'm I think I think you're just under criminally underrating the Raptors. No, no. I, I will give the Raptors credit here. I think the Raptors are better than the Bulls. I think the Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, Heat are all better than the Bulls. I think those are all givens. Mm-hmm. I think the Hawks, Trey Young, I think they'll they'll be a yeah. six, five or six seed. I think they're better. Right. I can get behind that. And you know the Nets, who knows what's going to happen? But I think they're better than the Bulls right now. Yeah, right now. But who knows? That 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 is such a messed up team. So so then with like my my uh, my hot Pistons take, you know maybe they get the nine or ten that leaves. Chicago somewhere in between eight, nine, ten. I just I don't know. Oh, I'm we're we're saving the Pistons for another day. But all I'm going to say about the Pistons is, if you're looking to try and get a playoff spot, you're not trading away Jeremy Grant. That's all I'm going to say about the Pistons. You're going to have to stay tuned to hear more about the Pistons. But that's going to do it for episode two of the Straight Hooping Podcast. That's Hooping with three O's. Got any uh, last words for the people? Make sure to, one, follow us on all socials. Uh, you're going to want to keep up with this stuff. But I think the next episode has the potential to be the most interesting just because we're covering the Brooklyn Nets. The, yeah. The biggest question mark in maybe the last decade in terms of sports. 
I mean, like, yeah. Who knows? Well, that, that team could either be like a 60 and 22 team or that team could be a 15 win team. Depends yeah. what happens in the next two months. Yeah. You know, um, we're also doing the Hawks and I believe the Cavs too. So, yeah. Yeah. The next one's going to be a good one. Talking to Jonte Murray. We're talking, you know, the impending restricted free agency of Colin Sexton. Where's he going to end up for how much? And then, you know, whatever is going on in Brooklyn. So, yeah, catch us next time on the Straight Hooping Podcast, and we'll talk to you all later. Say groovy. <laughs>